Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, EKN Nation. Another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. It is Tuesday, September the 22nd, 2020, episode number 68 of the EKN Debrief. Uh, David Cole, of course, joining us, having made his trip home from Charlotte, North Carolina, and the 2020 Capri Tools U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals from Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord. We'll jump into this very soon. Uh, Dave will go through all the action that uh, took place on the newly refurbished, I guess you would say, racetrack, the cart track inside the walls of the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Today's show is brought to you by J3 Competition. Rotax is officially back in America, and J3 Competition is the iconic brand's new importer and distributor for the northern half of the U.S., Rotax is a world leader in two-cycle technology, and J3 Competition brings over 75 years of experience to the brand here in the U.S. They're focused on club and regional support, and both their Stars and Stripes and Grand National events both offer tickets to the Grand Finale, uh, Grand Finals rather, in Italy. Check out the new U.S. Rotax program at racerotax.com. Well, David, let's bring you back in here. Another trackside event for you, obviously on the couch for about four months <laughs> from March on uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic shutdown, but you've been able to get to the track a couple of times. Always nice to be there. And man, Charlotte Motor Speedway, what'd, what'd you think? Yeah, it was great to get back to what is a very iconic uh, tr- racetrack for the sport of karting, uh, dating back to the early 90s when it was first constructed, uh, working with WK back then and hosted a number of major national and international events throughout the 90s and early 2000s and we went there last year as part of the wk manufacturers cup series event we were racing on part of the roval and not this not this card track that had been sitting idle for almost you know roughly 10 years and it's just you know we went there i went there last year and i looked at it i'm like yeah you know what it just needs a little love you know sometimes you see a house or or, you know, even a car, you know, a lemon or something. It just needed a little bit of love. And it, <laughs> it was, it was, a, it's a, it was a complete facelift because, I mean, it just looks amazing now that you, you go from, from last year to this year and, That's awesome. and what they've been able to do. And, and so, yeah, the, the facility inside the Charlotte Motor Speedway is, is definitely going to be here for the next probably few decades for sure. I like to hear that. What a what a hotbed it turns uh, Charlotte into, right? With the uh, GoPro Motorplex up at Mooresville, uh, the track now inside the Charlotte Motor Speedway as well. Man, this is uh, it's good for karting in North Carolina, sprint karting, right? Because there's there's lots of dirt karting, and I, I, you know, it, in and around Charlotte, in North Carolina, throughout South Carolina, Georgia, whatever it may be. But cool to have a, another new sprint track to be able to run in North Carolina. Yeah, sprint track. For sure, and of course, they're they're actually going to be redoing the uh, the track outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway. So they're adding dirt to it. So they're going to have they're going to have more cart more karting is going to be happening at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. They're they're obviously looking at all the different types of grassroots of motorsports they've seen. Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Daytona obviously has been doing it for a very long time, but you know it's just it's that connection to grassroots motorsports because again you. You know, Jay, uh, Doug Bowles said it great. You know, the best way to, to get current and future motorsports fans is to get them at the grassroots level. And and yeah. I think that's, you know, having these events there, it, you know, it, it reminded, you know, it reminded me of back in the day. But again, you know, you every time we go into Daytona or now that we're going at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you just get that that 
that warm, fuzzy feeling, you know, <laughs> of just being inside a facility like that. That's it, man. When you, right when you're driving up on the access roads, right? Because of the big grandstands, just as you're coming in, you just, you get that, you know, we talk about going underneath the tunnel and coming out the other side when we're racing inside the track. But the simple fact is all you got to do is, you know, the minute you turn onto the first access road, when you're coming down 16th, um, you know, come at Crawfordsville Road in Indianapolis, you see the track when you get to the, the roundabout. And the same thing with Daytona. Get out of the hotel and just start rolling down the road and there's uh there's the track there, the same for Charlotte. You start seeing those grandstands, and man, it's uh, kind of fires everything up. I, I know that every time I've been to all three of those tracks, I felt the same way. Yeah, and in the uh, the drag strip, the four wide drag yeah. strip, and the and the uh, the dirt oval, uh, the world, the what do they call it? Charlotte dirt track outside next door. Uh, it's just yeah, it's a mecca for uh, for motorsports. America's home for racing. So, David, give us the uh, give us the like a quick little lowdown. How how was the event itself? Of course, September seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, just uh, last weekend, last Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, you were obviously flying home on on Sunday. Kind of a unique uh, approach to the weekend, getting things done on Saturday. Overall, how was the weekend? Well, the reason for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday was the uh, J three competition. The promoter of the event uh, worked with the local racetrack, GoPro Motorplex, who happened to have a club race on this weekend. As we know, with the COVID nineteen pandemic, a lot of schedules have been shuffled around and moved around. And obviously, this event was shuffled around to to this weekend, being on the Fourth of July weekend previously. So they were able to to shift this event one day to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so that those uh, local drivers could either participate in both or just have you know industry members had the option of being at both as well too. So so overall, you know, it was it was a great you know win win working relationship between the two entities. Um, but so yeah, it was a weird it was weird in that type, that sense being done as you just said. Uh, we talked uh, coming before online that I thought today was Wednesday and today is <laughs> actually Tuesday. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit. But uh, you know, the major story was the weather. Um, as we saw watching throughout the weather uh, channel and weather apps, the tropical storm Sally was making its way into the United States and up through towards North Carolina while it hit the Charlotte Motor Speedway area all day Thursday. Literally no chance of zero rain whatsoever it rained a hundred percent of the time uh they got two practice sessions in on the day and before things had to be canceled so sh- shifting a little bit of a schedule but after that friday and saturday were, were dry uh, we began a little bit wet friday morning obviously because of the amount of rain that came down but uh the rest of the weekend was dry so that was good a little bit windy uh, on, on Saturday during the main events, but, uh, no rain in what in the area whatsoever. So that was good. Um, and again, on track, no major incidents, no red flags. Oh, we, I'm sorry. We did have one red flag. There was one flip, um, that, that occurred, uh, during one of the super heats, but the driver got up, walked away right away. It was a micro driver. So again, taking, taking, uh, the, the, precautions necessary for for the younger drivers but uh, but no major issues no major injuries uh other than the uh the weather changing the schedule around a little bit to uh to uh to help get racers as much track time as possible i think uh, to, to set this up now obviously good to see people get out there good to see the weather kind of play into the point where you're able to have really good racing on friday and saturday but uh you know david it's we, we've talked about this in other podcasts we've done uh essentially J3 competition pressing the reset button for, for Rotax, right? This, this is a program that over, you know, from the early 2000s, 
at one point got to the point where the Grand Nationals always had 200, essentially 200 drivers, right around that 200, you know, 199, 205 kind of thing. That was kind of where it always came in, only six classes. Um, and every didn't matter where we went. You'd lose a couple, you'd gain a couple. If it was West Coast, you'd get a, you'd get a couple more drivers on the West, but less from the East. When it was East, it was the other way around. Um, this thing, of course, restarted. And Justin Stefani and the Jack Mellies at J3, they realized what they're doing is setting a new baseline, right? And there was double digit in two of the of the categories, uh, a total of 50, uh, 51 drivers, I think, uh, in Rotax and 13 drivers in that Briggs uh, Pro Four Cycle class. Uh, I think that's a great way to get things restarted. You get the event done, you put it on, you award some tickets, that's your baseline, and you move to 2021. Yeah, because again, last year was kind of a uh, a different scenario because they they offered two events, one in Utah, one in uh, in Pittsburgh. So it was they were trying to rebrand it a little bit differently. But I think they see the connection in having that U- U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals name and and giving a little bit of prestige to it. Obviously, it's been uh, part of uh, karting in here in the United States since uh, two thousand and one. So it, it has a bit of a prestige to it. But like you said, you got to hit the reset button when you have a number of people involved in the sport that don't know what road tax even is. That's it. That's it. Um, You're right. Or you have the other side of the, the, uh, the, the equation where you have people that are um, bitten were bitten by Rotax or are bitter towards Rotax because of, of, of previous uh, entities that were, that were involved in it. So it's it's a combination of both, and I and I think they're going at it the right way to where they're they're trying to focus at the regional level, and they've they've established something in Colorado. They've established a little bit or a, a stronger showing in the Northeast area as well. I think that area is really had never really had lost Rotax, but it, it's still so it's still strong there. Colorado is the same way. It, it always had a little bit of Rotax there, but it's growing back again. And again, it's getting the you know race teams and, and shops on board with it, and and so they're establishing that uh, service center program, you know, that we saw during the early years of Rotax that was yep. that helped build that base that uh, that helped get to the almost two hundred entries at the uh, at the U.S. Rotax Grand National. So I think to start out at fifty one, you're at a you know a double digit average for the five categories. So I think that in itself is a win. Um, and then, you know, Hey, if you double it up for, for 2021 in a, in a year that hopefully will be back to normal, because again, we're still around COVID we're around all this massive rescheduling of everything events on top of each other, because again, there's another large event that was going on on the West coast. So it, 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 it split a little bit of the, uh, that national sense, uh, when you talk about race teams and, 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 uh, industry members within, uh, within the sport and just, you know, people are are almost probably a little bit burned out too because we've been at it so hard since That's June. Yep. You know, yep. we got we got going right in June, and it's kind of just been nonstop uh, uh, racing. So, uh, to to be double digits for an average, I think that's a great start. And you know, again, if you do a twenty percent even uh, uh, upgrade next year, or like I said, I think fifty percent uh, is is or doubling is even doable. Doable, yeah. Uh, two things you you brought things that you hit the nail on the head. J3 and everybody with the Rotex program, racerotex.com. Number one, they're having to educate people that are new to the sport, right? People that are maybe been in for the last two, three, four, five years. They're educating them on the Rotex program. And then, like you said, Dave, perfect comment was the fact that they're also rebuilding trust and loyalty 
in the people that were all in on Rotax 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, that may, like you said, may have got bitter, may have got turned off by the product a little bit. The product's been dialed in. They're happy with the way it is now. It's perfect in their eyes and the way things are. And bam, you're right. That's They're going to be built. They're going to rebuild the trust and the loyalty. And like I said, for this particular weekend, the uh, the Rock guys had the Rock Fest West out at Sonoma uh, this past weekend as well. So you got all the Rock racers were out there. And East Coast drivers came and ran, as you said, essentially double-digit average for the five categories and only five classes, right? Not the 10 or 15, five classes. I think, like you said, a great start. I always I always say 10% growth. Now, 10% growth is 51 to 56 for next year. Like you, maybe it's 20. It's more likely going to be 40 or 50 or maybe even 100%. There's a good possibility they could roll in with 100 drivers quite easily next year when when you when you take the factor of co- the covid shut down out you take the fact that everybody's jamming schedules and like you said so many variables that will not be playing against the event uh in, in 2021 so yeah we look forward to seeing them come back we are just getting things started here folks on episode 68 of the ekn debrief and we get back after this quick break we'll jump into the paddock pass and davis uh david will give us some of the insight that he was able to get uh, from the paddock talking to the teams talking to the drivers at charlotte motor speedway Experience and passion. That's what led to the launch of AMAX Racing. Owner Charles Maxwell began AMAX Racing in 2015, expanding the operation in 2019 with a focus on driver development for drivers of all age groups and backgrounds. From top level drivers to grassroots racers or families looking for a team that will help them achieve their goals, AMAX Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, AMAX Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you on the top of the podium. You can join the AMAX Racing family at the WK Manufacturers Cup Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, and local events around the Indianapolis area. The operation is also set to compete at the Rock the Rio and Scusa Super Nationals later this season. For more information, contact them at 317-437-5886 or find them on Facebook. AMAX Racing, all of your karting needs under 110. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for karts, parts, and safety gear to get you on the track. ShopAKRA.com offers a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure that all the latest equipment is available to you, the consumer. With customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Also, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials, clearance items, and new products. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 68 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole giving us a full rundown of the 2020 Capri Tools U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals from Charlotte Motor Speedway. Moving into the Paddock Pass now, where David will kind of give us some insider information. He got chat with those uh, in the pit area. Today's Paddock Pass brought to you by Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. 
At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of countless drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Most recently, Greg and his leading-edge motorsport staff guided Danny Formal to victories at both The Rock, The Rio, and Supercarts USA Super Nationals in Las Vegas. Leading Edge Motorsports is the West Coast dealer and factory team for IP Karting, which manufactures the ultra-competitive Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Visit LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com to find more info or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. All right, Davis, give us the insider scoop. I know that you uh, had a chance to hang out with a bunch of people in the the paddock, uh, chat about what was going on. What did you dig up? Well, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the opening, but, uh, you know, this was the return of the U.S. Road Tax Grand Nationals branding the name and the event. Uh, Last year, you know, Stars and Stripes Trophy was held in Utah. The Stars and Stripes Open was held in Pittsburgh. Those were the two events sanctioned by or and promoted by J3 competition. So now this year they they kind of focus, you know, on promoting the regional levels and having bringing back that the U.S. Rotex Grand Nationals uh, this year. And uh, again, they this event was a little bit different because J3 was working with uh, the World Karting Association um, at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, the WK were actually used as officials and corner marshals um, uh, in that capacity and obviously around with logistics uh, of surrounding the event because on the back stretch is the WK home. Uh, that's their home office and uh, where they reside. So it, I think it was a good uh, a good pairing between the two uh, en- entities, but uh, throughout the weekend, uh, obviously had a, you know, had some learning curves here and there, but you know, on, you know, what, how, how do, how do these rule structures, you know, are, uh, compared to what, uh, WK has, has used in the past. So, mm-hmm. so had to, uh, to get on board with that. But I think overall it was a, it was a good working relationship between the two. So we'll see, um, how that continues moving forward. Um, as we said in the weather, the weather conditions, uh, changed the way the format of the event was, was to be run. Um, Thursday was the full practice day when it was supposed to be six rounds for each category. Uh, unfortunately, because of the rain and, and tropical storm Sally, uh, coming in through the area, uh, the over half of the practice sessions were canceled on Thursday. Uh, so Rotax, you know, did it, I think it was probably about noon when they decided to, uh, to call it, uh, the track was just unsafe, uh, too, yeah. too much. Uh, I, I saw some video. There was a lot of standing water. Too much standing water, a lot of hydroplaning, so it was just really unsafe. I mean, it wasn't the fact that it was raining. It was just really unsafe to continue on for just practicing. I think if it was racing, it would have been a different story, but but just for practice, it was safer not to do it. So so Rotax re, re, kind of re, reshuffled the, uh, the schedule. They added two extra full sessions of practice Friday morning, so they had a warm-up and two full practice sessions to be uh, to be done before the lunchtime. After lunchtime, then qualifying began for the uh, for all the categories with two rounds of heats. To, following that, they moved the third heats uh, to Saturday morning, and that was paired up with the super heat and the final. So it was a it was really a, kind of a quick event because we got there. You know, I got there Thursday just as uh, the practice was getting canceled. And so it just it just seemed like the event went by really really quick uh, with that with uh, the way the format was and and even the Giacomelli's kind of joked around hey maybe we could do this in a two day type scenario <laughs> right I'm kidding so I mean I mean yeah because almost almost to the point where you know and we'll talk a little bit later you know maybe just one tire set one set of tires throughout the uh, the whole two days so 
uh, it would be it would be something different and unique. That's for sure because we know we see a lot of programs there, basically practicing two days straight before uh, we get into competition. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think it'll stick. They'll still stick to uh, three days in the future, though. Yeah, you know, once they start getting more drivers too, you never know, right? I, I like I think a three day program better for a Grand Nationals, anyways. Uh, David, let's let's talk about the racetrack a little bit. Give me your give me your thoughts in talking to those uh, you know those people track side. What were their thoughts on the track itself? Well, smooth and fast. Those were obviously the two uh, common words that you heard about the racetrack. With it being just repaved uh, in the month of April, uh, they added curbing that wasn't there in some of the other races that WK had in the past. So the curbing uh, certainly set the boundaries for the uh, for the apexes of the corners. Uh, they're not they're not easy curbs. They're uh, they're a little bit more drastic than 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 what you see at like Newcastle. Um, I'm trying to compare them to something, but they are very tall. So um, jumping the curbs is not something that you want to do at at this uh, at at the uh, newly repaved Charlotte Motor Speedway okay. kart track. Interesting. So, All right. Um, the track staff um, within the Charlotte Motor Speedway was on top of everything, helping with. Uh, with the rain and uh, and drainage of the rain, because as you know, uh, the track sits inside NASCAR turns three and four. Well, that rain comes down the banking; it's got nowhere else to go but down. And I was going to say, yeah, it comes down through the uh, the racetrack, and actually, it's turn. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. So, turn five, it's a left hander that takes you through the uh, the first part of the S's to get onto the back straightaway. That section was probably the wettest of the uh, of the cart track, and obviously, certainly through through uh friday morning's practice sessions and so they they had i think at lunchtime before qualifying to help make sure none of it um the rain the 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 uh the stream of waters went away they they came out and they threw a bunch of dirt and all you know did a bunch of things around the uh the grounds to kind of help uh allevi- alleviate the uh the water from running across the racetrack any any further so again dry and then tons tons of uh Track time for the uh, track blowers, uh, you know, not the big ones that you see at Daytona, but uh, smaller versions uh, blowing the racetrack and obviously cleaning up uh, all the debris here and there. But uh, I mean, they were on top of it all week, all weekend long. So it was good to see that. Uh, and then they had the big scoreboard on all weekend long, telling us uh, to keep our masks and social distancing on. Oh, good. Then that way, Eric Brennan didn't have to do it over the PA the entire time, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, how about format? Uh, same as the same as the grand uh, grand finals. Is that what they did? I mean, essentially, yeah. Because instead of uh, a pre final where they would split the seventy two drivers up into two different pre finals, they called it a super heat. Okay. Uh, so the so the format was kind of based on that where you qualify and you start all three heat races where you qualify, uh, which is something that a lot of programs don't do anymore. We see the progressive, uh, through when you have multiple heat races. Uh, and then, so after the, those three heat races, they, they re, uh, they took all the points from that and set the order for the super heat, which you would typically do for the pre-finals at the, uh, at the, uh, Rotax grand finals. And then when you uh, get done with a super heat, you take those points, you add them up to your heats and then use qualifying as your tiebreaker. And that sets up the uh, the grids for the uh, for the main event, the final. Uh, so it's it, a very similar format, you know, something that you would you would uh, experience at the Rotex Grand Finals. Nine of the drivers that were at the event are going to experience that uh, in January in Portimao, Portugal. Nice. So, uh, you know, it gives it gives that continuity, you know. Something that we we love to see in karting, you know, not not sporadic 
you know, ideas here and there where you know what the, what the format's going to be at certain events that you go to. So um, it was a it was a unique way. I think as the fields get bigger, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to how to see how it unfolds. As we know, sometimes you know, in the past when we saw a pre-final setting the lineup for the mains, well, you you do great through the first three heat races, but you have a DNF or something like that happens in the pre-final. You got to start the main event from the final. So the way this format is, it takes away that, um, that huge penalty. If you have a bad, if you have a bad pre-final or a bad superheat in this case. So, uh, I, I really like the format. It's something we saw Rotax change to a couple of years ago. I believe the FIA does it as well. So, um, I like the way that, uh, that format fits when you have multiple heat races like this, plus a pre-final. This is episode 68 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole kind of giving us his report uh, from his uh, coverage of the 2020 Capri Tools. U.S. Rotex Grand Nationals from Charlotte. We are now into the Paddock Pass section of the podcast here today. Uh, the Paddock Pass brought to you by Leading Edge Motorsports. So what else you got, David, Paddock Pass-wise? Well, the event was the really the debut at the U.S. Grand Nationals uh, for the My20, MYT20, uh, mini and micro engines, uh, something that Rotax introduced last year at the uh, Rotax Grand Finals, uh, a, a new platform for the uh, the mini and micro engines. That's obviously something that is, you know, when we talk about um, um, dealing with Rotax in the past, this the micro and mini engines were a very strong fixture uh, with the way people approached Rotax because it was, uh, it was something that we saw a lot of... Uh, What's the word I will, uh, this, not dispersity, but, uh, controversy and then, and not, not a lot of parity within engines. So I think that's something we saw throughout this weekend. We didn't see any engines really outpowering one another. Uh, all the drivers seem to have the same amount of speed, uh, you know, on the straightaways dependent on obviously how they get out of the corner. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, overall, you know, a lot, you know, talking with a lot of the mini and micro uh, parents or mechanics, you know, the engine was rarely ever touched throughout the weekend. So, uh, that's some, that's something good. And then as we talk about growing the road tax, I think that's something that, uh, you know, the road tax dealers are working with and, and what they're focusing on is building the numbers at the micro and mini categories to help move them up, you know, through the road tax ladder. Well, that's it, right? Again, anytime you have a ladder program like that, focus a lot on the, on the drivers in your youngest categories, and they're going to stay with the program as, as they grow to junior and senior. So that's definitely a good, a good approach. Uh, you mentioned the MY20 micro and mini engines. What about the Mojo tire program? What, what tires were they running and what, uh, how did they kind of perform on that, you know, the newly repaved track at Charlotte? How did the, how did the Mojo, uh, you know, kind of blend with the track itself? Well, obviously it's a new racetrack, uh, but it's, it's a, a, um, a grabbing asphalt, you know, where, you know, it, it, it's not like road America. It's we were, I was just at road America a couple of weeks ago for the USPKS event. And, you know, if it looks like carts are on ice skate, ice, ice, ice skates when they're, when they're out there, cause it just, it looks like they're sliding into the apex rather than, you know, gripping and, and, and going yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, D2, it was D2 tires for the micro mini junior and pro four cycle. And then the D5 for senior masters. And for the D5, it, it certainly has a lot more grip, uh, than what we were used to seeing with the Mojo tires, because in the, in the years past, we've always considered the Mojo tire, one of the harder compound tires, uh, in the industry. And I think it still kind of is that, but, uh, but the D5 certainly, you know, had some praises for the, uh, 
or the senior and masters drivers. You didn't you didn't have that sliding into the apex type type scenario. A little bit more for the D two. Obviously, it's a little bit harder of a tire. Um, and then, uh, you know, with him, with the mini and, uh, and junior drivers. So a little bit more sliding through there, but, uh, even talking with the, uh, with the, uh, the four cycle drivers in the Briggs category, they really enjoyed the tires. It's very similar to what the Bridgestone C's are, you know, the harder, uh, Bridgestone tire that they have there. So a very comparable, comparable to that. But the one thing that was mentioned, uh, on the weekend was how these tires work even better as you get more heat cycles into them. Uh, and then looking at the, at the times, obviously the track was drying a little bit Saturday, but the, the, the lap times on qualifying were not as quick as they were, uh, early Saturday morning. Heat three seemed to be the quickest, uh, throughout the weekend for nearly all the categories, especially in the senior and master's division, uh, where the quickest lap time of the weekend was done in heat three. So, um, a little bit has to do with the track conditions, of course, but, uh, but, you know, comparing, um, you know, the lap times over the categories, it did seem to be that it got better after a couple cycles. And then after that, it, it didn't fade away a lot. It was, it was just maybe a 10th off, I think two tenths at the most from, uh, from what was the quickest lap of the weekend. So a very consistent tire throughout the weekend. Thanks. A lot of good information uh, in the paddock pass here for this edition of the EKND brief. After this break, time to start uh, rolling through the six classes that went wheel to wheel at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Stay with us, folks. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to CartCRG.com or find them on all social media networks. Every winter, young drivers take the leap up to the next class. Whether it's micro to mini, mini to junior, or the big jump from junior into the senior ranks, it's tougher competition. If your son or daughter are moving up a class in 2020, give them exactly what they need to be ready. Professional coaching from the most respected teacher in the sport. With over 30 years of karting experience, Alan Rudolph and his staff at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy specialize in training young racers and accelerating their skills so that they're ready for the next challenge. Don't just invest in equipment. Invest in your driver. Bring them to the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy at Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston and invest in their skill development. Get them ready to take on that next on-track challenge, better prepared than ever. Get ready for 2020 by calling the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy at 866-607-7223. Head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more. Back at it once again. Time to jump into the race report of the uh, U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals that happened down at Charlotte Motor Speedway last weekend. This uh, race report brought to you by Precision Karting Technologies. 
With over 40 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Carding Technologies is the leader in American-made components. PKT produces high-quality products led by their full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, they have what you need. Collars, keys, and bearings, they're the source for axle components in the USA. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family-owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. All right, David, let's jump into the Senior Max class. Uh, we've kind of altered things here for, for 2020. We're starting off every class with a headline. And the one you got written down here is Senior Rookies Mars and Workmen Go 1-2 to Become Leaders of Team USA. Well, essentially, that's what we're there for, to uh, to get the tickets out and to that's set it. up yeah. our Team USA for the <clears throat> excuse me, Rotex Grand Finals. Uh, the senior category is always kind of looked at uh, as as part of the leadership in, within Team USA with uh, DD2 not being around uh, this year for the Grand National. So you kind of look at Senior Max. Ironically, the two drivers going over there are, gonna, are senior rookies. So uh, yeah, I was going to say they're young. It's, uh, right. it's a unique situation. But uh, on track throughout the weekend, uh, Luca Mars really set the tone uh, throughout the weekend in his uh, speed concepts racing red speed. Uh, super quick and qualifying and had, uh, but had Weston workman right there, kind of sizing him up throughout the weekend. Uh, so Mars set up, uh, one qualifying or led qualifying and won the first two heat races to end the opening day. You come back the next day and workman found a little bit of speed overnight, was able to, uh, to beat, uh, Mars for the third heat race. And then again in the super heat. So, uh, workman looked like he had the pace to be able to, uh, to triumph in the main event. Uh, we got into the final, and it was essentially all Mars as he jumped out to the lead with the pole position and never relinquish, relinquished uh, the uh, the top spot. Workman was right there on his bumper throughout the race, and they were able to uh, to come across the line one-two. Uh, Hayden Jones had a good run on the weekend, another senior rookie. Uh, so we had uh, senior rookies ta- actually taking four of the top five spots with Hayden Jones in third, uh, Max Opalski, another driver that – this was actually his first senior race uh, that he had done uh, moving up uh, to the fifth spot, had fast lap of the race coming up from the, uh, the eighth position, qualified third. So he was actually uh, really quick, but uh, had some issues in the heat races that kind of moved him down the order. Uh, Dante, Yu ended up finishing in the fourth position. So he was essentially the, uh, the veteran in the category uh, when you look at uh, the top five there. A uh, cool little story, though, about Opolsky, who uh, was running with uh, Ryan Perry Motorsport. He had Everett Giebler uh, wrenching for him on the weekend. And uh, as we know, Phil Giebler, a former Indy 500 Rookie of the Year, uh, has been a longtime carter. Well, Everett and him were actually at Charlotte Motor Speedway back in 1998. where I was there. Uh, where Phil Giebler was racing in Formula A. Was able to uh, to come across the uh, the checkered flag for both wins in the main events or the two main events they had that weekend, beating the names of say Ryan Briscoe, Patrick Long, and some guy, some Spanish guy named <laughs> Fernando Alonso. Not quite sure if anybody's heard of him before. I don't know if he went anywhere. No, I don't think he's gone. Any. I, maybe he did a 500 one time. I'm not sure. But uh, uh, yeah, it might have been a one off, right? <laughs> <laughs> So it was really cool. It was cool to see Everett. And actually, he had um, a Tony Kart suit from 1998 
Did he really? Uh, there, I'll, we'll get into later who wore it. All right, uh, okay, yeah. I like that, dude. That's a cool. That's really cool. All right, so you talk about the fact that you got a couple of rookies with you know heading to uh, uh, to Puerto Mayo. It'll be the first uh, Grand Finals for Western Workmen, but David, fourth time for Team USA for Luca Mars, which I think you know we talk about having him somebody as being a leader. It's his first time as a senior, but the guy's been there. This is you know three times before, so he has the experience of having gone to this big race before. And he's young enough to where he can talk and hang out with the junior drivers, the mini that's drivers, true. the micro drivers, because yeah. essentially that's what Team USA is going to be. Uh, I will have two master drivers, one from this event and one coming from the uh, the Stars and Stripes Trophy program that's that's going to be finishing up next month uh, in the Northeast. So, yeah, essentially, you know, he's going to be the most experienced as of right now. He's going to be the most experienced driver as part of Team USA. That's crazy. All right, let's jump into Junior Max. The headline, California kid heading to Portugal. Yeah, I know that nickname is somebody else, but he is from California, so I went with it. Uh, Frankie Mossman uh, taking the victory in the Junior Max category. This category was fun to watch all weekend long because you never really knew who was going to come out as the victor. Uh, Mossman ended up qualifying P1 uh, in the session, but we had three different winners in the three different heat races Mateo Rubio Luengo, uh, Canadian Alex Berg, and Frankie Mossman scoring the third heat race win. So it was shuffling up <clears throat> nearly every session that they were out there. Uh, Rubio, Mateo Rubio Luengo ended up uh, setting, uh, scoring the pole position for the superheat and was able to score the win there, setting up for him to be on the pole position uh, for the main event going into uh, what was, I believe, a 16-lap race. Uh, contact the, I mean, the top five were all together right there and the probably first of three to four laps until some contact in the hairpin kind of shuffled things up. Mossman was actually able to kind of escape from this, the shuffling that was going on, uh, with the lead and then essentially just led every single lap from there to the checkered flag. Um, never was really challenged. Uh, Rubio Luengo closed in late, but wasn't, wasn't quite there to be able to make a move. So, allowing uh, Mossman to cross the line uh, as a winner, actually becoming the 19th different winner in the junior max category over the history of the U.S. Road Tax Grand Nationals. Dude, you went back to your spreadsheet on that one, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's a pretty solid spreadsheet. I don't think anybody, anybody else has that, man. That's Nobody whole... else will get it. <laughs> no, heck no. Uh, 19th different winner. That's really cool. And congrats to Frankie Mossman on that one. Folks, we've got uh, we got more to come after this break. David's going to give us the breakdown of Masters Max and the pro uh, four-cycle category. Again, this race report brought to you by Precision Karting Technologies. Don't go anywhere. Lots more to come here on the EKN Debrief. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. 
In 2020, we'll be racing and providing arrive and drive programs for the full Supercarts USA Pro Tour and the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge. The WK's Car Week in Daytona and exciting events like the USAC Battle at the Brickyard and the Rock Island Grand Prix. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Car Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's resume. The Nitro Kart has made its statement as the best, fastest, and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. The 2020 Nitro Cadet is even better. The kart features magnesium front and rear hubs, a floating sprocket hub, and a roller bearing steering column support with tow lock. The Nitro Kart Cadet is completed with mini Dynamica bodywork and Max Pappas' MPI steering wheel. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. I am Nitro Kart Mini Driver and National Champion Spencer Conrad. We just got our 2020 Cadet chassis just before Daytona this year, and I really like it a lot. I got my first victory with it in just the second time on track. I really like the MPI wheel and the new brake system. Plus, the bodywork is really cool. Come join the winningest cadet team on the market, Team Nitro. Race one or chase one. Nitro cars! Race one or chase one! Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden kind of running quarterback here, but David Cole filling in all the plays. Uh, David, uh, you were trackside at Charlotte Motor Speedway for this year's Rotax Grand Nationals. Uh, let's talk about uh, Masters Max, the headline. Bonanno goes perfect to earn second trip to Rotax Grand Finals. The title says it all. I mean, yeah. when you set, when you go perfect against two former Team USA drivers, there it is. Two former U, uh, U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals champions. Uh, it's just a perfect perfection performance uh, put in by John Bonanno. Uh, Bonanno, a 2018 Team USA driver, uh, winning a ticket that year to uh to head to uh the olympics of karting just put everything in the right position never made a mistake never relinquished the lead and just had a perfect weekend all along so again qualifying p1 winning all three heat races leading every single lap winning every and leading every single lap in the super heat and then in the final it was when really things started to heat up when uh derek wang uh, put the pressure on him. He did a little bit in the super heat, but not as much as he did in the uh, in the main event. Uh, Derek Wang, obviously a nine-time Team USA member, certainly wanted to get his 10th, I believe, uh, but just came up short. Uh, Bonanno ran a defensive line uh, as they came through the for the final circuit. Uh, and just coming to the last corner, it looked like he left enough room for Wang to get through, but uh, essentially Wang jumped the curb uh, there in the final corner, going off into the grass, and uh, Bonanno able to uh, to cross the line first. So scoring his first U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals victory, and again, as we said, 
becoming a two, now two-time Team USA member. Uh, let's go back real quick to Junior Max. We didn't give you the final top five. Mossman had that race win, as David alluded to. Rubio Luengo finished second. Uh, Weinberg third. Berg fourth. And Julian DaCosta rounding out the top five. David here in Masters, Max. Bonanno with the win, as you said. A good battle between him uh, and Wang at the very end. Uh, it ended up being Tim Shutt in third spot. Uh, McGinley, Chris McGinley ends up in fourth. And Gary Peterson rounding out the top five. But David, you had to go back to the spreadsheet again. I'm, like, I'm reading the notes here. and It's is it? He's the seventeenth different winner in the eighteen U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals for that for this category. For, for this category, exactly. Wow. David, David Odenthal is the only driver to win twice. Actually, did it back to back. Two thousand five, uh, I believe, at MRP, and then two thousand six at Road America. So uh, I really want you to open your spreadsheet up so I can hear all eighteen guys. That's or seventeen guys. That's crazy. Well, it it is, but again, you know, that's the one thing about the Rotax category, uh, Rotax Grand Nationals. We've always seen. You know, number of first-time winners, number of first-time yeah. winners. So you got to go back to 2002. So you got Jim Zitting, Alan Fudge, Andy Saisman, David Odenthal, Alex Rain, Mark Miller. We were there for that one. We were, uh, yeah. Mike Daniel. And Mike Daniel at, at Oklahoma Motorsports Complex. That was John Crow won it, but oh, lost right. because of the, the spark plug washer, washer that you guys keep saying is, is a massive performance <laughs> advantage. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is. Eric Jones won 2010 in Newcastle. Brent Harper 2011 at Utah. Johnny Blair 2012 at MRP. Max Pappas in 2013 at GoPro. Ken Maxfield at his home track in Utah. Scott Roberts, who we uh, good buddies with, won in 2015. Yeah. Derek Wang 2016. Billy Cleveland in 2017. Antonio Pisiano, a, I believe a former F1 driver, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Won uh, in the event in 2018 at, in New Jersey. So, uh, And then the last year, they didn't have a master's class. They did DD2 masters instead. Yeah. So uh, Bonanno is the, uh, yeah, 18th. Dude, it's just, what, a, what a who's who, too, right? There's like a ton of big names in that group. That's awesome. I, like I, I said, that. I mean, to be super cool. I mean, Derek Wang's won twice. He won DD2 uh, in 2018, won as we said, Masters match in 2016. <clears throat> so to be able to beat Wang and Tim Shutt uh, at the same time is certainly yeah. an accomplishment. Very, very, very impressive. Uh, the J3 competition crew adding a pro four-cycle class to the program. Obviously, there's room on the schedule. Let's bring some Briggs guys in. Here's the headline. Mars grabs 1000 bucks in cash with a perfect weekend. It, w- it was a near-perfect weekend, essentially perfect when you look at the scoreboard. Uh, but when you look at laps, it was it was perfect all the way from qualifying through the heat races, through the superheat, until the main event when right. a little bit of a slip up at the start. He falls back to third, but within two within the next two laps, goes from third to first, and then from there pulls away to a two point seven second advantage over the rest of the field. Yeah, wow. Cam, uh, Camden Gruber coming in the second spot. Colin Miller in third. Uh, Alex Kegel fourth, and Lauren Brailler, uh, Brawler rather, rounding out the top five in that class. Good to see. I, I, listen, we we love Briggs Racing. Always cool to see a local option category as well. And uh, I like Luca going. Luca going from the senior max to the four cycle. I well, love that. And and it was it was backwards really because he would go from the Briggs, and then next up was the next round for the for the for the uh, categories. And oh, back to back. And they were back to back. So luckily there was enough, you know, a 10 minute break here and there or, or the lunch period that, uh, they were able to go back to back, uh, aside from practice where it was boom, boom. But, uh, 
But yeah, so he would go from the slow Briggs to the fast Max. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But, uh, but when you look at the, as you said, at the top five, you mentioned all the other drivers were on MGM chassis. So they certainly had the, uh, oh, the yeah. speed to, uh, to battle, just didn't quite have the, have enough to, uh, to get up to, to Luca Mars. But again, when you look at the talent that Luca Mars is, um, to be, I'd, I'd gladly finish second to him. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And you know what? Just uh, the MGM program is such a great story in American karting, right? The, the manufacturers that uh, are, are coming on strong, winning lots of lots of races. Uh, Paul and April Rice do a, a tremendous job with MGM. Good to see them out there supporting the event. Uh, folks, final. Oh, we got two more breaks uh, after this one here. David will wrap things up for the race report brought to you by Precision Karting Technologies. We'll cap that off with Minimax and Micromax after this quick break. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos-free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two-cycle kit, and Kometic's four-cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. In 2020, PSL Karting will enter its 21st year of serving the North American karting community, and they're proud to be North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand, having once again won Burrell Art's Distributor of the Year. PSL Karting is your source for all things Burrell Art, providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslkarting.com online store. We have over 100 carts in stock at all times, including the new Charles Leclerc line of carts, carrying the name of Ferrari's Formula One pilot. PSL Karting can provide you with a Burrell Art, Ricardo, or Charles Leclerc turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24-7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like AMS oil, Motul, and Rotax XPS engine oil, and Vroom lubricants, Micron data acquisition systems and Unipro, and driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Our race trailer is always stocked with Bell helmets and components. Arrive and drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number 68 of the EKN Debrief. It's Tuesday, September the 22nd. Uh, David Cole giving us his report of the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals from Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina. We're wrapping up the race report here, uh, presented by Precision Karting Technologies. David, let's go to Minimax. The headline, 
Mayor hangs on for first U.S. Rotex Grand Nationals title. The the two youngest categories actually were probably two of the most fun what to watch uh, throughout the weekend. Yeah. And, they, and they really are no matter where we go. But uh, this one was pretty good. It looked to be essentially a two-driver battle uh, between Caleb Graffar and Ben Mayer. Uh, Graffar got the first um, notch on his belt, setting fast time and qualifying. Uh, but if Mayer came back to uh, to win both Heat 1 and Heat 2, uh, we came back Saturday. Graffar made some changes overnight, and uh, they seemed to be good as uh, he came out and won Heat 3. Uh, started second to Mayer in the uh, in the Super Heat, but was able to uh, to score the victory in the Super Heat. That, <clears throat> that win there moved him up ahead of Mayer in the overall points. Uh, to uh, to lead the field to the green flag in the main event. Unfortunately, within the first couple of laps, uh, Graffar had a uh, rear hub slide in that essentially hurt his pace overall and actually spun, I believe, on like lap five, uh, essentially taking him out of contention. Uh, Mayer actually had a bad start as well, got shuffled back, I believe, to, I want to say, the sixth position by the time they came across the line for the first time but uh, was able to kind of knife his way, get back up into the lead after he got shuffled back. And then while leading, got ran down essentially by uh, um, uh, Enzo Vitamonti. And uh, the the comp cart driver just was on rails, got up to Mare, took the lead with about two laps to go, and the two essentially exchanged the lead for the uh, the final last two laps. Uh, Mayor made a, was able to make a little over under move on, uh, Vitamonte through the hairpin. So came to, uh, the drag race to the line and Mayor was able to, uh, to edge out, uh, Vitamonte for the victory. Uh, Vitamonte Vid- though. Vid- Vidmontien. Vidmontien. Sorry. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Vidmontien, uh, actually though, had a pushback bumper penalty. So oh. moved him f- off the podium from second down to fourth. Uh, moving Parker DeLong and George Wheeler up onto the steps, giving uh, Nitro Kart a, a, a one, two, three finish. Wow. All right. Good stuff there. All right. Let's make the move now to the micro max category. We'll cap off our race report from the 2020 Capri Tools U.S. Rotex Grand Nationals. The headline for micro max, exciting duel to the finish. Well, micro was second in the order. So we had senior max and we saw Luca Mars essentially kind of walk away uh, with the victory in that category, but this one came right afterwards and was really all weekend long was a two driver fight between Isaac Malcut and uh, Keelan Harvick. Uh, I believe you know the Harvick name a little bit, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a great fight between these two all weekend long. You know, one session it would be Malcut, what next session it would be Harvick. Really wasn't one driver favoring one another. Uh, Malcut got qualifying in the opening heat race where Harvick was able to score the win in heat two and heat three that put Harvick on the pole position for the super heat where he would go on to win with Malcut right on his bumper. Uh, and again, the two drove away from the rest of the field in the main event while passing each other nearly every single lap. (laughs) They were still able to maintain a gap over the fight for third behind them. Uh, and it really came down to a drag race to the line, um, as they passed probably the last three corners of the racetrack. And the drag race to the line, it looked by the eyes that it was Harvick. But again, I was a little bit too far, far away from the line trying to take photos. So it was a little hard to see. But uh, Malcut was able to get to the uh, the checkered flag first by 32 thousandths of a second. Wow, that, that close. That's tight. 
Uh, as you said, Harvick ending up in second, Weinberg in third. Uh, fourth spot was Gage Korn, and the uh, fifth position was Hudson Schwartz on the comp cart. Uh, I like a good battle like that. And as you said, David, micro and mini, man, we've, we've had a lot of fun in this kind of, uh, of truncated schedule uh, watching these guys in micro and mini. It's really been, guys and girls, actually, let's say that because it's been a good cross section in all the races we've been to. But they're just putting on such great racing. And the racecraft is always so impressive. That, that's the one thing that always blows me away. And it was a, a drag race to the line for third. So Corn nearly, nearly edged out Weinberg for the, uh, for the third spot. So, uh, uh, it, you know, overall it was, it was great racing, uh, throughout both fields. All right, folks, we're going to wrap this thing up. One more break in the action. When Dave comes back, he will introduce to us the members of team USA. As we run, we'll talk about the constructors championship and we'll tell you where we're going to be on the EK and trackside live race calendar for the month of October. We'll wrap things up after this break. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment, Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track, and their Cardi lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Cardi helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual-density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market, with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Team GFC is focused on 2020, and we're set to make our debut at the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour in the East and return for more victories at the Challenge of the Americas in the West. We have arrive and drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes, utilizing our all-new GFC RR5 Cadet chassis, which made its debut at the Scusa Super Nationals. Join Gary Carlton and his passionate team in either of these popular winter programs to kick off the 2020 season on a winning note. Team GFC is extremely excited about launching its new Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram, or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2020. GFC, live your passion. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 68. We're going to wrap things up from David Cole's coverage of the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals for 2020. David, as you said from the very start of the race report, the reason we're here, the reason you guys were there, uh, was to 
figure out who was going to be Team USA, who was going to Portimao, Portugal, to represent the country uh, at the uh, Rotax Grand Finals for this year. Uh, give us a scoop. What uh, what drivers are going to wear the red, white, and blue uh, for this year's race? Well, as we talked about in the <clears throat> excuse me senior category, Luca Mars is going to be going to his fourth Rotax Grand Finals. This will be his first in senior after two years in junior and one year in the mini max division. Uh, dating back to 2016, Weston Workman finished second. He earns his first trip uh, to the Rotex Grand Finals. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, John Bonanno winning the Masters category. He's going to take that uh, one ticket that was available in that category. And as we said, this will be his second trip to the Rotex Grand Finals going back there in 2018. Uh, Junior Max category, we have two drivers going from that division. Uh, Frankie Mossman winning the uh, the main event with Mateo Rubio Luengo finishing second. Both are going to be making their first trips to uh, the Rotex Grand Finals. Uh, Minimax driver Ben Mayer is going to be uh, on his second straight trip to the Rotex Grand Finals, racing last year in the micro category. So this will be his first year in the Minimax division. Uh, micro category, all three of the podium finishers were earned a ticket to the Rotex Grand Finals. So we'll have... Isaac Malcutt, Keelan Harvick, and Carson Weinberg uh, representing Team USA in the micro class. I love it. Last chance, folks, to be part of the Team USA program is through the Stars and Stripes Trophy program that uh, David alluded to earlier. Uh, October 2nd and 3rd, they're running at United Karting, and October 10th and 11th at Oakland Valley Raceway Park. Tickets, David, still up for grabs for Team USA in micro, senior, and masters. Yeah, so we should have 12 drivers essentially representing Team USA this year. Uh, it'll be good to see. Uh, as we talked about in the past, I think we like the smaller groups. Um, you have a little bit more um, camaraderie yeah, com- when it's smaller. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, obviously with, you know, two two in Masters, two in Junior, we'll have, what, three in Senior, and we'll have three in Micro, just, just the one in Mini, though. Um, so everybody will hopefully be able to work together and uh, see if we can get red, white, and blue back on top of the podium. Let's talk about Constructor Championship, David, for this Rotex Grand Nationals. Uh, which manufacturers, uh, brands were able to score wins? Uh, with only six categories, there's only six races to win. Uh, red Speed won two with Luca Mars winning both the Senior Max category and Pro Four Cycle. Comp Cart uh, earned two victories as well with Frankie Mossman and John Bonanno. Nitro Kart winning the Mini Max division and Kart Republic winning the Micro Max. All right, folks, let's jump in and wrap things up here. We'll tell you where we're going to be. Of course, David was trackside, part of the ECAN trackside live program brought to you by Cooper Tires. Uh, Eric Brennan, of course, on the mic all weekend down at Charlotte. Uh, we've got uh, three more races on the docket for October as we run uh, the ECAN trackside live race calendar brought to you by A Max Racing. The AMAX Racing operation is focused on driver development for carters of all ages. From top-level drivers to grassroots racers or families looking for a team that can help them achieve their goals, AMAX Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, AMAX Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you on top of the podium. AMAX Racing, all your needs on carting under one tent. All right, David, uh, we were going to have just two Races in October for trackside coverage. It's going to be three right now. Kind of splits us up a little bit. I was planning on uh, going head-to-head with you. We, we were going to go back down to the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals at, at Newcastle again on October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Alan Rudolph putting on the Supernat Shootout. 
reaches out to me and says, hey, we got to have you back down in the Howden Tower. So we're essentially going to do double duty. So there'll be, I'm not, we'll figure out how we stream the coverage for that. But uh, that first week of October, just a couple of weeks from now, I will be in New Caney, Texas at Speed Sports Racing Park. Looking forward to that. I know the Speed Concepts Racing Crew is going to be down there. Uh, Crosslink Competition, CRG Nordam, Full Gas Motorsports. Getting a lot more people coming out to that one. Looking forward to getting back to Houston. And as we talked with Alan yesterday, David, it's going to be perfect weather down in Houston. We're talking about you know mid-80s, maybe low-80s, high-70s. I'll take that for sure. It'll be good. Hey, we could get that in Newcastle. You never know. You could. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. You're right. You probably won't, but you could. We probably won't. We may, you know, I, as I said, I hope we get rain. I love racing in the rain. And and, <laughs> and the uh, the CRG that I'll be driving uh, handles really well in the rain. So, uh, But I'm Let's getting say- dry, too. You are. Let, let, let's say this, folks. Cup Carts North America, Grand Nationals number four. Uh, we are lining up. It's Tuesday right now. This will probably, uh, David, is gonna, are we going to have it on Wednesday? This will be on the radio network on Wednesday? This will be on tomorrow, yes. Okay, on, on, on Wednesday. Thursday, there's going to be a face-to-face live. I haven't confirmed the time yet with Greg Jasperson from CKNA, uh, but he is going to come on with a face-to-face with me, uh, and we will uh, get that live streaming. So we're going to talk to Greg about the Cup Carts North America, Grand Nationals four. David, I know you've done a little bit of digging. Pretty good numbers right now, right? Yeah, over 230 entries already. So it's I, I'm pretty sure we'll get the 250 mark. That's essentially only 30 entries less than last year, and we're talking no Canadians. So that's, it, um, that's a pretty good increase from last year. It's not quite the 350 that we you were hoping to get, but I, I was think thinking 350. Yep. I th- I think in 2000 or 2021 we'll be uh, we might be able to get that mark. I think we will too. Uh, David, you'll cap things off as well with the final round of the United States Pro Kart Series. A couple of weeks later, October 16th, 17th, 18th, you're heading back down to GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina to cap off that event. I have to think, based on the momentum that they've had, such a good opening round at Newcastle, really good numbers still up in Wisconsin at Road America. You're going to go down to kind of in the heart of IME Racing down there at uh, at, Go, at GoPro. I got to think that finale is going to be a big, big weekend. Well, Road America was the fourth largest event of the eight-year history of the program, so I think we have the possibility to eclipse that. Uh, so again, we're looking at you know anywhere between 180 and 200 entries. And David, back down to Charlotte, you get like you just did. You're back at Waffle House. Always makes me happy when I know you're getting some Waffle House. It's no in and out, but I'll take it. I know, dude. And, and listen, with the Supernats uh, cancellation. <laughs> You might not get in and out till like mid, <clears throat> like it will ha- it will probably be challenging the Americas, right? In uh, wherever well, we are this, for the first this round. This is why Supercarts USA needs to listen to me, and they need to go wherever there's an In and Out Burger. I don't disagree with you on that. I told you that before. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks, that wraps things up. David, any final thoughts uh, to cap off? Uh, getting back to the U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals. No, great to be there. It's been, uh, I believe, almost six years. Yeah, six years since the last time I was there. Uh, great to have the, the event back, period. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see 20 more years of the Rotax Grand Nationals uh, in the future. Well, the program definitely in really good hands with the guys from J3 Competition. They've been in the sport a long time as competitors, uh, shop owners, race team owners, um, you know, importers, manufacturers, you name it. And to, to add the, the Rotax program to the resume and to the lineup for J3 Competition, program in really good hands and, and they're doing exactly what we talked about david you, you talked about the fact there's regional programs being built that's how the grand nationals was in the first place it wasn't a national tour it's a it's a it's a regional program uh that then feeds the top drivers 
to the Grand Nationals. A runoff at the a runoff, right? A runoff where all the big dogs from around the country get to go head to head. And that and that's it. You know, obviously we know the evolution of Rotax, so it, it's it, it you know it's not nothing new to us. But again, we I think we just as our as the website, you know, as the the hub for carding, we got to keep emphasizing exactly you know the roots of of the Rotax program, and that's essentially what it was. I mean, it was. It was one of the first tag engines that were brought over here uh, to the United States. And uh, it was really focused on those guys who would just go to the club track, pound out laps, you know, put, you know, 100 hours on the engine and then give it back to their service center to uh, to look it over and make sure it's ready to go for the next season. So essentially, that's that's the the mantra of the Rotax program. And, uh, you know, again, I you know, it that's their focus moving forward is, is to get back to that grassroots level and to, uh, to be able to present a product that not only national drivers and, and regional drivers can do, but club guys can do at, at uh, reasonable prices and reliability being uh, a number one um, check mark for, for the, uh, for the manufacturer. Yeah, that's definitely the calling card. Uh, big thank you, of course, to Justin Stefani and the Giacomellis for uh, inviting eCardi News to come down and have David there, our, our trackside program. Really solid to be able to work with the Rotax program again. We did a lot of those races over the last 20 years of the of the website. Uh, of course, we're just uh, just we got, last week we, celebra- celebrating the 20th anniversary yeah. of the website, David. We got we got a lot of memories uh, with the Rotax Grand Finals, with the Grand Nationals, a lot of, a lot of different things we've seen and, and done and and uh and hope to see again in the future because you know the I, that's the one thing about the the rotax grand finals you don't know what it really is all about until you're you've been there 100 percent for sure all right folks we're wrapping this thing up uh david thank you so much on, on behalf of david everybody from the uh j3 competition racerotax.com the u.s rotax grand national thank you so much for joining us here on the ekn radio network my name's rob howden bye for now